Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, this morning I'm going to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the book of Acts. And I have a question for you as we begin this morning. Are you ready for change? Ready for change. That is our message title this morning, Ready for Change. And while you're going to Acts chapter 9, let me catch you up a little bit on the Apostle Paul this morning because he figures into our story today. The Apostle Paul, as you know, was an Israelite, but he wasn't born in Israel. He was actually born um, uh, in Tarsus of Cilicia, which is now, uh, if you looked on a map now, you would see it uh, you know, in, in south-central Turkey, kind of near the Mediterranean. But uh, even though he was an Israelite born in, uh, in Tarsus, he was born a Roman citizen with a lot of privilege. And uh, he was born in about the year A.D. 5. You know, that kind of thing interests me. I love to know a little bit of history. I love to know a little background. I like to know a little bit about uh, who I'm reading about in the Bible and a little bit perhaps about how old they were. And, and you know, uh, I like to think, well, what was I thinking when I was 30 years old? Well, what was I going through whenever I was 40 years old? You know, those kinds of things. But uh, he, he was born in about A.D. 5, and at birth he was given the name of Saul. And for half of his life he was known as Saul of Tarsus. It was a very common Israelite name, and it's evident that, that, that Paul slash Saul, and I may call him either one while I'm sharing today, but it's evident that his parents uh, were Jewish and that they had some influence among the, the, uh, the, the um, higher echelons of the Jewish community, not, uh, not only in Tarsus, most likely, but also back in Jerusalem. Because at about probably 12 years of age, uh, somewhere about A.D. 17, uh, Saul was moved to Jerusalem as we understand, and he became a student of one of the most popular and leading scholars of the day, a man named Gamaliel, which also uh, you know, is in the book of Acts. And, and uh, Gamaliel uh, um, taught Saul um, not just the Word of God, not just the Old Testament, but he taught from a perspective of this is the law of God and we are protectors of that law. You see, uh, uh, Saul was being trained, he was being educated, formally educated to become an attorney, to become a lawyer, to become someone who protected and prosecuted those who um, disobeyed the law of Moses. And so he learned it one side, you know, inside and out and upside and down. He knew so much about it. And, and uh, he studied and served in Jerusalem for perhaps you know, uh, you know, 12 years, maybe 14 years. But, uh, but when, when Saul was about 25 years old, in about the year A.D. 30, there, you know, uh, learning the law, Jesus of Nazareth, was taken to court. He was accused of blasphemy. 
He was judged, he was beaten, he was crucified, he was put into a tomb, and on the third day his body went missing was the story that was being told. Of course, we know he was resurrected by the Spirit of God from the, 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 you know, the sentence of death, victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Well, we aren't told if, if Saul was actually in Jerusalem at that time. I tend to think that he wasn't because he does not write about having been there at that moment. Perhaps he was, you know, on assignment somewhere for the high priest doing something different. I don't know why he doesn't write about that. And, 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 and that's, that's kind of, you know, a, a moment in his life that we aren't privy to. We just don't know. But we do know that Saul of Tarsus was very present about a year after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. About a year after the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. We can read about it in the book of Philippians in chapter 3, the, uh, the apostle Paul writing, he describes himself as a Pharisee of the Pharisees, as a Jew of the Jews, of the tribe of Benjamin, someone who was engaged in that day political process, the religious political processes of Jerusalem, very engaged. He describes himself as someone that testified and, uh, against Christians and persecuted them. We also see him in about the year A.D. 32, about two years after Jesus had been resurrected and ascended, and about two years after the church had been, uh, first been birthed. And, and we see him at the stoning of Stephen, Saul of Tarsus, evidently belonged to a faction, a very radical faction of the pharisaical crowd. He was very legalistic. And uh, he felt as though that he needed to protect the law of Moses to the point to where he held the coats. He was a part of the leadership as well of, 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 of this group we know because he would later receive letters from the high priest and recognition from the high priest but he held the coats of those who stoned Stephen as Stephen called upon the Lord and gave up his spirit to God the Bible says that Saul of Tarsus was consenting unto this public execution this mob execution he was a bad guy. At this time, uh, uh, Saul would have been about 27 years old. Can you imagine a 27-year-old, you know, radical 27-year-old that believes that, that these people are trying to destroy our nation, they're trying to destroy our religion, that they're doing things they shouldn't do, and I am educated, I'm called, I'm, I'm a part of this group, and I'm a part of protecting this, and, and, you know, I, and, and we're going to go out here and kill this guy. And they did. Well, Saul of Tarsus vehemently pursued what he believed was his primary calling of God. He believed that, that God had called him to this. And he was, uh, you know, had such a religious fervor and such a, such a, a, a desire for duty to God 
but he was completely missing the boat. You know, sometimes people do that today. One of the most difficult people to face in life is somebody that feels like that they have a righteousness that God has given them to do something to someone else to point out the problems or the sin in other people's lives. Hello? I mean, our whole uh, news media in America and, and, and in Western world survives on this kind of activity. Well, Saul pursued what he felt like he was supposed to do. Oh, man, those are religious convictions outside of the grace of Jesus Christ and the mercy and the forgiveness and the joy and the peace. Those are dangerous. I hope you don't feel like you're on some holy jihad to correct somebody else. Hello? Hello? Do you know nobody has to please you? That's right. The Bible says you're without excuse whoever you are that judges another because before God they stand or fall. Who do you think you are? In that, most likely, if you're saying something about somebody else, most likely you are doing the same things in your life, just in a different place. Man, throw that stuff away. Here, Saul of Tarsus was so committed to his educated religious position that he was missing God completely. And so for three or four years here, uh, he just continued to persecute the church. And then at the height of his career, you know, uh, he was the personal emissary. He was deputized by the high priest. I mean the big guy. He was his deputy. He was his uh, uh, you know, messenger. Saul of Tarsus was on his way to Damascus. Uh, going to continue to, 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 uh, to you know, correct and, and punish people and, and you know, give them a bad time because he didn't agree with what they were doing. And, and he, had a, he had a word to say why they weren't. Just missing why the word was really there. Missing all the grace of the word. Here he's on his way to Damascus, and he had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. You know, no one expected this. <laughs> not Saul's friends, not Saul's enemies, and certainly not Saul himself. No one expected that Saul was in such need of change. And I like what Pastor Marcus said in in the first service this morning, you had no idea how impossible your odds were before you met Jesus. You had no idea how impossible your odds were before you met Jesus. And when you met Jesus, the impossible became possible. Boom, you changed. Wow. We can all use a little change in life. Here, you know, Saul of Tarsus, no one expected it, but uh, life change. Ready for change. You see, he was more ready for change than, than he knew. The Holy Spirit knows when you're ready for change, even when you don't. Well, there's a good one. You see, he didn't expect it, his friends didn't expect it, his enemies didn't expect it, nobody expected it, the church didn't expect it. I, I don't even know if the church had been praying for it or not, but angels had been on assignment, and, and you know, here, here God had been working all around him, and, 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 and yet you know, he didn't even know it perhaps. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and God was also working on other people while he was working on, on Saul of Tarsus. 
He was working on other men and women that God wanted to include in his plan for Saul, and they didn't know it either. God's working on you, and you may not even be aware of it. One of the men that God was working on was a man named Ananias. Ananias. You see, uh, Saul of Tarsus was more ready to change than anybody knew, including him. It shocked him and shocked the church. I've often wondered, I wonder if the church was praying for for Saul of Tarsus. He was their worst enemy. I wonder if they were praying for him. I wonder if they were praying for him to get saved. You know, I'm just going to back up here for just a moment, and I'm going to say I kindly doubt it. I mean, knowing the climate of our world today and the climate of the church and, 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 and the climate of believers, most likely they were sitting around complaining about him, afraid of him. Hoping that he got killed somewhere. Maybe a lion would eat him. God give him a heart attack. Lord, do something to him, Lord. You know, uh, let the high priest, you know, let him fall out of disfavor with the high. Never. I can't imagine them getting on their knees and praying, oh, God, just save his soul. Some of them perhaps did, but I don't find that to be the climate of many people who are being persecuted by others. (laughs) At work. In the classroom. Friends. Well, maybe, maybe not. But nonetheless, God had prepared Saul to be saved. You see, God has a plan far beyond our prayers. God is not limited to our prayers. Hello? God has a plan far beyond our prayers. So many things have happened in my life, my family, and in the church, and, and, and places we go, that if I had have written this narrative myself and, and, and gotten everything I wanted, I would have gotten less than God did. God always does exceedingly abundantly above all I can think or even approach Him to ask. He does more. He has a plan far beyond our prayers. There are angels on assignment all around us. As I said, God was even getting other people ready. Let's, let's read from Acts 9. Have you found Acts 9? This is not a time to go to sleep, by the way. I'm going to read like 22 verses or so. Y'all ready? Don't check out on me. Reading from the New King James Version. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if... He found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5, then he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So trembling... And astonished, so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Verse 8. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Verse 10. 
Now, when a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, uh, excuse me, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on his name. He was letting God know just in case God didn't know. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Verse 21. Then all who heard were amazed and said, is this not he who destroyed those who called on the name on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose that so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest but Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus proving that this Jesus is the Christ one more verse now, after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. <laughs> uh, he was their star. He was their hero. Now he's their zero. Isn't that the way the world works? You know, it can sure make your ungodly friends real upset whenever you decide to change. It can sure make your ungodly friends really upset whenever you decide to change. It can sometimes even make your prayer group friends upset if you decide that you're going to do something different than praying against somebody and start praying for them. But, nonetheless, one word from heaven changes everything. And that's what Saul had received. He received a word from heaven. He had gotten a lot of education, and God didn't want him to forsake his education. In fact, God had his hand on him all of his life. God helped him to get a good education because it's that education that God was going to use for the rest of, of, of Paul's life to teach the Word of God, bring truth out of old and new, being able you know, to, to make that, th those things you know, real. I, I don't, I don't think that my grandson Jacob should, you know, uh, uh, should follow Nietzsche, but I know that it's the Lord who had him study that and will use that in his future to reach the people who need to be reached through that avenue, bringing truth out of that vein. You see, God knows your name. He knows exactly who you are, where you are in life, and he knows everyone else's life as well. And he knows when people are ready for a life change. 
So many people are standing on the edge just like the Apostle Paul was, ready for something that no one expects to happen. And I'm telling you here prophetically, you're going to see some key people come to Christ around the world. You're going to be seeing these things happen. Not everyone and some of the ones who don't are going to just get worse. They're going to wax worse and worse and be meaner and meaner. But that's the way it works. But you'll watch and you'll see some people come to Christ. Influential people. People all over the world today are being saved. People that their friends never expected it, their family never expected it, and they never expected it. You know, uh, someone might be here or listening right now that you never expected to hear that word from heaven, one word from God changes things. And you've heard something, you've seen a light, you've felt something. You never expected to come to that moment of change. But today is your day. Today is your day. God has predestined it. Just like he told Ananias, go, arise and go. Same thing he said to Saul, arise and go, arise and go. He's given that commission to me, that commission to you, arise and go. Whether you're going to your neighbor, going to your work tomorrow, going to school, going to, you know, wherever you may be going tomorrow, you arise and go in the name of the Lord. God, what do you want me to do, was what Saul said. Certainly, we have reasons why, you know, we might not want to, you know, be the person that everybody turns on because they, they turned on Saul of Tarsus. But in the end, this man is responsible for us standing here today. This man is responsible for the word that we have today. It's so important to realize that this is the time you might be a Saul or you may be an Ananias God changed both their lives in one day Ananias never imagined that he was going to be used by God you may not imagine right now that God has already prepared you to speak to someone of influence about what they need to do for Jesus you may not have been praying for that person. You may have even been praying against that person. But God knows, and He's been working. He knows when they're ready. People are standing on the edge, ready for life change. And God may want to use you to help them be what God has called you to be. The Holy Spirit knows when you're ready for change, even when you don't. God has a plan far beyond our prayers. And one word from heaven changes everything. You can be that word from heaven for someone else. Stop thinking it's over. Stop thinking that person won't change. All you have to be is what God made you. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a son or a daughter. Maybe it's a parent or a grandparent maybe it's a neighbor that's all you have to be you do not have to point out their wrongs what you do is point to Christ pray for others and watch and see what God will do Amen. thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date as well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.